from novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. The Cuvée Group. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Caville, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention. This is Dr. Caville with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles. Mike Washington is on assignment literally this year, this week. He is going to make it into the show. He's in between flights, so he's going to try to hold pattern. Maybe we get him into the second segment. Uh, but, Charles, as we get started, how are you doing today? Doing well, Doc. Doing well. Coming off of a great weekend. Had a lot of nice games and looking forward to getting into uh, this week's action. Got some big games sitting out there. Yeah, not quite like last week, Last yeah, last week, week was separation. Where, yeah. Yeah, where you get you get top matchups that really go into it, and the fact that they lived up to it was amazing. We got to talk about that on Sunday's show, so I won't rehash that. But you're right; there's still some big matchups, and as you start to get in the conference play, it just you know every weekend by itself becomes important in a significant matchup in a lot of ways. But uh, we'll see what that looks like as we move forward. Welcome to episode three nineteen. Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBC sports from institutions large and small, from the NIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBC sports culture. HBCU athletics is to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs in the business of HBC sports. We simply call it the HBC sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Yadikov, along with my co host, Charles Bishop, we're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live. KCOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that being said, What's on your mind, man? What's on your yeah. mind? You know, shout out to all these alumni associations with these watch parties every week. I saw Southern and Alcorn. They had a big one in Atlanta this past weekend. Uh, Jackson State had a watch party in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, uh, show us some love to all the SWAC alumni associations, MEAC alumni associations, uh, having watch parties, uh, following their teams. It's just it's cool to see. 
Man, I'm excited. I see Travis Hunter is likely to make his homecoming return uh, uh, in terms of this homecoming weekend for Jackson State. And if it works out that way, obviously he has to get through the week of practice and he's trending in that direction. But that would be pretty cool uh, with all the hype that uh, he's deserved as the number one recruit mm-hmm. coming into the program. Homecoming when everybody's electrified, big time matchup. That would be some sight to see in terms of what that looks like. Yeah, everybody gets an opportunity to lay eyes on Travis this weekend. So uh should be fun. And you're talking about a, a team like Camel coming in, 2-0 thus far in the Big South. Uh, they're favored by some prognosticators to, to win the Big South this year. So it should be a great game this weekend. North Carolina A&T, those Aggies. Mm. Hold on. Not yeah, I know. A&T is right. Away. Hey, a lot of folks have it, either them or the Aggies to do it. Then they have a matchup next weekend. Uh, to kind of square those things around. So it'll be fascinating to see back-to-back weekends in terms of that nature. Um, obviously, they played North Carolina Central earlier this year. We know how that goes. And things are trending. Talking about another big matchup we'll get to talk about uh, on Thursday is that South Carolina State, North Carolina Central, as the Eagles hit the road uh, mm. to the uh, 2021 MEAC champions. They got it done in the Celebration Bowl. So, And they – just lost that game old time last year. So it was a fascinating matchup. And I think people kind of forget that because of, mm-hmm. you know, obviously what South Carolina State did in terms of finishing out the deal and winning the conference and then uh, getting what many thought was a major upset. You know, people's focus became South Carolina State the Bulldogs, rightfully so, because they got it done. Uh, but if you follow this like we did, uh, you remember that that was a matchup that could have literally, a game at least, that could have went either way. So it'll be fascinating to see. Um, Bulldogs got a big win non-conference. Maybe mm-hmm. feel a little better about themselves at home again, but uh, record-wise, they've lost some tough ones and some close ones, so it's going to be fascinating to see what that looks like, how it goes. Mm-hmm. But as we get into it, let's get into some of this other news of the day, and I'll start this out. Uh, I'd be very um, if I wasn't able to talk about this. Uh, Delaware State's assistant, Brian Bosard, passes away. This is courtesy of HBCU Game Day and reported um, also at Delaware State. Delaware State Athletics has been informed by the family of Brian Osard that the Hornet assistant football coach passed away in Philadelphia this morning at the age of 55. The former Dover Delaware High School and University of Delaware football star Osard joined the Hornet staff as a running back tight ends coach prior to an abbreviated 2020 season, which was played in spring 2021. He was uh, quickly promoted. Offensive coordinator midway through the fall 21 season. Uh, coached his first two games of the 22 campaign before stepping down due to his illness. Uh, in the last two seasons, um, the fall 21 season with Massard as offensive coordinator and play call at the Hornets averaged 27 points, 344 total yards, in addition to throwing seven touchdown passes during that stint. So he had them obviously going in the right direction. With that, just want to have a moment of pause uh, for uh, the passing of Delaware State's uh, football coach tragedy uh, hits HBCUs again uh, in form of a coaching uh, individual. Uh, Rod Millstead did say, I joined our players and staff along with the entire Delaware State University family and extending condolences to Brian's family and friends, in quote, said Hornets head football coach. I was honored that a coach with Brian's experience and accomplishment agreed to join our staff. He made a big difference in our program during his time with us, helping me to become a better coach in addition to raising the skill level of our players, end quote. Let's pause for a moment of silence. 
with that said, got some other tough news out here, and then I'll kind of let you take it away and see what you want to go in there. But uh, everybody's pretty much aware now. Um, SWAC announces Southern Prairie Views altercation suspension. That was pregame uh, that somebody called on their cell phone that was put out there. Yeah. SWAC announced multiple student-athletes suspension and institutional fines stemming from the pregame altercation that transpired between the Southern University and Prairie Million and football team on Saturday, October 8th. Prior to the big game, they went to Southern. A total of 21 student-athletes, 11 from Southern and 10 from Prairie View, have had suspended for one game for their respective involvement in the altercation. After conducting a comprehensive investigation, it was determined that the student-athletes involved in the altercation violated the league's code of ethics, conduct by commi committing acts of unsportsmanlike conduct. Obviously. Additionally, the conference office has levied a fine against Southern, an amount of 7500 Along with the findings, Prairie View and in the amount of 10000 The league determined Prairie View failed to comply with the SWAC game day management decorum, which led to additional PVA and fines above what you saw Southern receive the 7500 Um Southwestern Athletic Conference upholds an extreme high standard of good sportsmanship and does not condone unsportsmanly behavior. We will continue to work diligently to provide membership institutions necessary guidelines and resources to support good sportsmanship and healthy competition all at the same time. With that being said, didn't necessarily name the players for those that saw this with Southern and Jack State last year, pretty quick, similar penalty. Obviously, that also yeah. didn't have as many people involved in terms of literally throwing yeah. down the gauntlet, for lack of better words. So um, more people took a little more time than uh, I think what some people would like to saw. They wanted to probably come out before the game. Uh, but I think it was just due diligence. Some things work out in your favor. At the end of the day, uh, you want to be the team full strength. That way, there ain't no questions, no comments, whatever. No and if you're a team chasing a team in terms of championship, if it's really a championship quality team, they're going to find a way to get over it and rebound and find out what's going on. So in that position, um, it is what it is for me. Any quick thoughts you have on that? Uh, yeah, well, I'm glad the, the conference took their time, you know, to try to uh, sort through that, um, that, that Zapruder film, if you will, uh, to try to uh, see who uh, was all involved in altercation. But uh, I think the, the, the punishment was just and uh, we'll move forward from there. With that being said, we want to get into some SWAT players of the week. Let's go for it. Let's take a look at the SWAC players of the week. The SWAC has named Arkansas Pine Bluffs running back Kayvon Britton, Alabama AM's Drake Terry, and Grandma State's Donald Johnson, and Southern's August Petrick. It's SWAC football players of the week for their impressive performances this past week. Let's take a look at the offensive side of the ball. Britton, he rushed for 277 yards from 32 carries to go along with four, four touchdowns, Dr. Bill, during UAPB's contest against Alabama AM. He currently leads the conference in total rushing yards with 754, uh, as well as rushing touchdowns with 12, and he ranks fourth in yards per rush attempt with 6.2 yards per carry. On the defensive side of the ball, Dre Terry, he was a game changer during Alabama A&M's 34-31 road victory at Arkansas Pine Bluff this past week as he erupted for 14 tackles and a 31-yard interception. His interception would come after the Bulldogs had previously retaken the lead, 17-14, at the start of the second quarter. It also set up the Bulldogs with an opportunity to extend their lead on the next drive as they pushed 
the lead to 24-14. The specialist of the week, Donald Johnson, was a key contributor for the Grandma State Tigers special teams unit this past week as he tallied 88 total punt return yards. And the newcomer, August Petrie, was a significant factor on the offensive side of the ball for Southern this past week in that huge win over Alcorn as he finished tonight with 127 yards on four catches to go along with a touchdown. He averaged 31.8 yards per catch while assisting the Jaguars in their 21-17 win over Alcorn this past Saturday. And those are your Players of the Week in the SWAC. I see you, SWAC Players of the Week, getting up and getting it done. Shout out to the SWAC Football Players of the Week. With that being said, you want to get into some MEAC? Give the MEAC some love? Let's go for it. Let's look at the MEAC as North Carolina Central Junior quarterback Davis Richard. He was named the MEAC Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, he, as well as Howard, junior defensive back Kenny Gallup, he was the defensive player of the week. Morgan State's Keith Jenkins was the rookie of the week, specialist of the week, was North Carolina Central's Torres Sally Simpkins. And uh, Torres Sally Simpkins, I should say, he earned the offensive lineman player of the week honors, as well as Keith Jenkins was named the rookie of the week. So let's take a look at the offensive side of the ball for the MIAC. Davis Richard, 6'3", 215-pound junior, he accounted for a career best Dr. Bill, six touchdowns on the Eagles' nationally televised win over Morgan State this past Thursday, throwing for four touchdowns and rushing for two more. He was 17 of 24 through the air uh, for 217 yards in just three quarters of action while also rushing nine times for 66 yards, 7.3 yards per carry. Gallup, 6'1", 210, junior Defensive back wrapped up 16 tackles, including 11 solo in the Bison's loss to Harvard in the Truth and Service Classic. Among those 16 stops was one tackle for a loss for five yards. Uh, we take a look at Jenkins, the freshman, redshirt freshman, 6'1", 185 pounds, average 43 yards on five kickoff returns against North Carolina Central, including a 96-yard return for a touchdown in the second quarter. He currently ranks sixth nationally in kickoff returns. And we mentioned the offensive lineman of the week was Simpkins, 6'5", 310 pounds, sophomore graded out at 93% against Morgan State, anchoring an offensive line that helped the North Carolina Central Eagles rack up, get this, Dr. Gill, Dr. Gaville, 530 yards of total offense Woo! and 59 points. He recorded nine, nine of them, nine pancake blocks that did not commit a penalty or allow a sack. Get that man some Mrs. Butter's work for those pancake blocks because he was the <laughs> offensive player of the week over there in the MIAC. Oh, I love me some Mrs. Butterworth. Oh, yeah. boy. That, that, that pancake <laughs> turd would hit me in I doubt it all over there real good. You let no me doubt. give a shout-out going outside of the MIAC. Uh, Malcolm Mays, junior quarterback for Hampton, Arlington, Texas, Bowie High School up there. For those folks that know that area, after ending the game in the third quarter, Mays completed 15 of 23 passes with 208 yards and four touchdowns as Hampton rallied past Albany. That's Albany of New York, of uh, the Colonial. 38 to 37 in overtime for the first CAA Colonial win. Trailing by 14 in the fourth quarter, Mays threw touchdown passes, 43 and five yards to tie the contest and then hit Jadakus Bonds with a seven-yard strike in overtime for the game-winning score. Kudos to Hampton Pirates getting it done for a signing win. And that's the one I said that they won't get. Albany's the one, and they found a way to get it. Boy, it was nip and tuck, but they got it done. Shout out to, to the Colonial Football Offensive Player of the Week. 
of Hampton University, Malcolm A's junior quarterback. I know you're about to say something there, Charles. Are you going to jump back in there with you? Oh, no. I mean, you just take a look at uh, Davis Richard this past week. I mean, uh, to put that type of show on uh, on a national TV yeah, audience, yeah. that was huge. Love seeing that. Uh, you talk about Going two little three quarters. First five drives, mm-hmm. First five yeah. drives. Six out of the first seven, game was over. Hey, you know, I, first I take a look at it, and you talk about Richard's performance this past Thursday. Shadour, uh, first three, four drives, if I'm not mistaken, quick points. You know, uh, you talk about these quarterbacks, man. They, uh, we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. The game, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. People want to talk about focus points, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure if folks people understand is one of you things you do to drive dialogue and conversations is you talk about potential matchups. That doesn't mean that you're guaranteed or that you're writing in stone that it's going to happen, um, but forecasting. At this point in the season, what we've seen, if the matchup happens to be Jackson State coming out of the SWAT and North Carolina coming out of the MEAC, that would be a fascinating matchup when you talk about what these two quarterbacks have showcased thus far in the season. Now, obviously, you have Southern that has two significant wins. Mm-hmm. They still play Jackson. You have Alcorn, obviously, with a lot in front of them. They still in the mix. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Um Get into the mix. It's going to be interesting between that Southern Jackson State game. You know, we got to get through Campbell first, but I'm excited about that matchup. I'm not sure people realize that if Southern can get it done, mm-hmm. rivalry game, anything happens, they get mm-hmm. it done, and they finish out a treacherous road trip. They still got to go to FAMU the following week, which is not I know. Right. But somehow, exactly. let's say both of them end up 7-1 in the conference race. Then the SWAC championship game that so many figured would be in Jackson with maybe an undefeated team would all of a sudden, because of the head-to-head win with both teams at 7-1, would go down south and go to Baton Rouge. How about that? You still got Prairie View in the mix. Mm-hmm. They find a way, beat Alcorn when they home. They finish out the season winning. They'll be hot on a hot streak. And they would – Go to the championship game if Southern loses to Jackson State and or FAMU. Mm-hmm. Not to mention they still have a rivalry game with Bramlin. A lot yeah. of football to be played. A, a lot, lot of football. But it's fun to tease some of this out to say, oh, my goodness. And as we said, we'll talk about it on Thursday, if South Carolina State is not done, they get this win here, they back in the mix, 1-0 in the conference, feeling good about themselves, and they can stretch out. And I told you about Delaware State, everybody. They're playing well. So uh, don't forget about that matchup in the MEAC as well. A lot of football to be played with that. Let's take our first break. We'll get back into poll rankings to let you know where teams are ranked to give you an indication of where they are right now. This is not a projection in terms of the power rankings. This is in terms of this week, week number seven, Mm. what a team's doing at this moment in time and where they rank. And we'll be right back after this first break to get into those rankings, Charles, and let me see what you think as I put it on the paper. It should be fun. (laughs) The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. 
In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love love and root about, about. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is on assignment. Probably got delayed, but you know how Mike is. He might have decided to. Fly somewhere else. <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Tuskegee. People have asked, you know, why they hadn't played home games and things of this nature. And I guess people are realizing with some of these pictures now that they were working on the facilities, particularly mm-hmm. the field. And it's finished. Beautiful picture in terms of the new turf, uh, AstroTurf, that new turf they have with the alternate color greens uh, with the bright red Tuskegee with the orange in there looking extremely nice and facility. And it's done essentially just in time for their homecoming game on November 5th against Miles, which is going to be an intriguing matchup just because of the rivalry. Then obviously the exchange of the coaching, much like we've seen with Prairie View and Southern, you have a similar thing taking place there um, with Miles and Tuskegee. So that'll be fascinating. And we'll get to that as it gets a little closer, but I'd be remiss if I didn't do that. With that being mm-hmm. said, let's get into this mid major ranking and see if we can mm-hmm. find out. Miles to speed, are they in the business here? Well, let's look what's going on in week number seven. Uh, dropping out of the polls this week, West Virginia State Yellow Jackets still with a winning record four and three and three and one, but they drop out after tough loss. Uh, with re- those receiving votes, as we get into a little more of it. We have West Virginia State Yellow Jackets receiving some votes at four and three with 10 votes. 
have Savannah State Tigers. They lost the tough one, but they're hanging around. They have three votes, uh, two and three on the season with eight points, I should say, uh, as they are in it for receiving votes. Let's get into the top ten and see who jumped into the top ten. And in fact, we'll get right to it at number ten. Lane Dragons of SIC at four and three, three and one. They were not ranked with 12 points. Vaults them into the top 10 at number 10. <clears throat> number nine, Virginia State Trojans, 43 and two on the season with 18 points. They were previously ranked eight. They took a tough loss this week, and that's two in a row. So they trended down and they fall this week. At number eight, Bowie State Bulldogs, four and three, three and two. They fall with their loss, uh, two spots from six to Bringing us to number seven, which is none other than those Golden Tigers of Tuskegee. Mm. Five and two, four and oh. They just continue to win quietly, getting it done. It's strange to hear about a Golden Tiger Tuskegee team when you can say quiet. Yes, they're unbeated. Uh, looking for a big-time matchup that we'll talk about on Thursday. Uh, as they basically could almost tie up, in a lot of ways, the uh, West Division in the SIC. We'll see if that takes place as they face off against Lane. Uh, that is in the top 10. So that is a top 10 matchup. That's a top 10 uh, matchup. We get, we'll talk to yeah. yeah, 42 points, nine points. So they move up two spots there, Charles. Finishing out this top, the bottom five in the top 10 at number six, Fayetteville State Broncos, five and two, four and one, 51 points. Uh, they do move up a spot as they win, setting up to look like they should be coming out of the Southern Division, but they're going to play a juggernaut. Uh, if that's the case. So it looks like it still may not be the year for Bayfield State to get over the hump, but maybe wow. they can get a little magic this time in the championship game as they've been Cinderella for so long. At some point, you think they'd be able to knock down the door. We'll see. Uh, this would be a rematch if it's against Virginia Union um, that just continues to play out of their mind with that tremendous game against Bowie State. Uh, they went down to the field goal. Uh, in terms of, again, we talked about a Sunday, amazing matchup. Getting into those top five. And number five, Albany State Golden Rams, five and two, three and one, uh, 60 points. They fall a spot after a tough loss to Benedict Tigers at home. Great game matchup right here on BCSN in terms of those that had a chance to watch it. That was production by mm -hmm. our very own people giving you a matchup of Certainly, the SIC, some people would say mid-major game of the week. Your CIAA folks would argue a little bit with that and certainly could understand, but it was a great game. It's the number four, Langston Lions, 5-0-1, 4-1. They take the first loss of the year, a tough one, 71 points. They dropped a spot from number three last week, so you see them continue to move through it. They have another chance, a top 20 matchup out of the NIA, uh, and more importantly in their conference race, a team that they need to hit in the mouth if they're going to find a way to get back to their championship ways of a couple of years ago, or they're going to go back on another one of those slides. Let's see what this looks like as we go to number three. Fort Valley State Wildcats, six and one and three and one, 82 points, move up two spots from number five. Can you believe it? The Wildcats quietly? Another one. Wow. Wow. But because of Albany, <laughs> Benedict playing so well, you forget about Fort Valley State. They're going to say, hold on now. And their long yep. losses to Benedict, yeah. uh, they do have that tremendous matchup that will come at the end of the year against Albany State, their rival, which should be just a tremendous matchup no matter if both of them are out of the race. But still, just think about that. Bringing us to number two, we talked about Benedict Tigers. 
They got the big win over Albany State, big win over Fort Valley State. They are rolling. They are 7-0, 5-0 top 25 team at the Division II level, number two in our poll, four first-place votes, 88 points. And if it wasn't such a thing as the number one Virginia Union Panthers, 7-0, 5-0, that just continues to get it done, a number one for the sixth straight week, uh, six first-place votes, tells you all you want to know about the Panthers of Virginia Union getting it done. Let me go to you, Charles, so I can get your thoughts on uh, the mid-major division poll of the ring, week number seven. You know, as much as I want to fight it, I think it's about right. Uh, I really was trying to vault Tuskegee up a little further, but I think, ah, I, 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 would, I mean, I, I think the first one, two, three, no problem whatsoever. Yeah. You know, Fort Valley, like you said, they 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 they're sneaking right in there, sliding in at three. But I was trying to see where Tuskegee would show up this week uh, because they're five and two overall, four and zero oh in conference play. They could sew things up this weekend. That's going to be a huge game with Lane. Uh, and uh, yeah, Albany State with the one. I, I I have no problem with it. I, I was trying to trying to fight somewhere in there to see how far Tuskegee could vault up, but they'll probably slide it in there right. The good thing, if you're talking about Tuskegee, Tuskegee, to your point, all of their fruit is ahead of them. They get a yeah. chance to start this week with Lane to make another statement, which is going to continue to give them a chance to move up. And then, obviously, uh, if they can run the table, those wins count. And then they're going to get a top two team out of the East Division. What better way to make a statement to get you wherever you want to be? in the poll rankings in a lot of ways to get it done. So time's on their side and they're going in the direct, right direction. I'm just Let's curious get into this. who's a better 5-2 and two team, Tuskegee or Fayetteville State? I would say, I don't know. That's a really good matchup. Um, it's hard to say in terms of who um, they played. I would have to lean towards Fayetteville State because they're one of their losses is to Virginia Union. It's Virginia Union. Um, yeah. It's old. They're and it was a pretty close matchup, even though Virginia got it done on the road. I mean, but the trouble you have with Tuskegee is who have they played? Yeah. Now, yeah. you rank based on the fact that you got the wins, but the really balled up oftentimes is also a combination of your strength of schedule. Mm -hmm. Then it's also about where you started, which is difficult for a lot of folks and unfair for teams that didn't do well last year and get on a hot streak. I mean, some of it is just where you started in the rankings. You know, mm. um, that's a lot of your problem. To some degree, I think you see that with North Carolina Central. They've done a lot, and some teams don't even have in the top 25. But a part of that is where they started in the rankings, which was off the radar, which um, if you really thought about the program, that shouldn't have been the case. But that's a whole different question. But perfect timing as we get into major division. No one dropped out of this week, so we don't have to worry about that. But let's get into these receiving some votes. Alabama A&M Bulldogs have literally woke up from the grave, and they've won three straight. So now they're at three and four, uh, three and oh, uh, three should be three and one in conference play. They had their loss to FAMU uh, in terms of the conference race. Texas Southern Tigers are sitting at two and four, two and two. They were off this past weekend, but that's still some votes they got for that win over Pine Bluff. Uh, and you have South Carolina State trying to find a way to get around. They did have a win uh, against Everybody's homecoming favorite, Virginia Lynchburg, two and three on the season, three points in terms of receiving votes. Let's get in the top 10. 
to see where teams are. Slight changes here, but not a lot of them, so we'll get through it. At number 10, North Carolina A&T Aggies sit at 3-3, 1-0 in terms of the conference race. As they keep uh, moving forward, they had a victory over Division II Edward Waters, got it done with 18 points, remain at number 10. Bring this to number 9. Alabama State Hornets, they just continue to chug out some wins. 4 and 3, 2 and 2, 22 points. Nice uh, schedule so far. Good couple of victories for a first time coach, Eddie Robinson, but he stays at number nine. At number eight, they got a big matchup in a couple of weeks, though, against Alabama AM that yeah. now looking a little more favorable yeah. with the way that Alabama AM rises. Both of them are off this week. Uh, so, should be fascinating to see how that goes. At number eight, Prairie AM Panthers, 3 and 3, 3 and 1, 27 points, seven first place votes. They were off a week, but they dropped. Uh, they have a non-conference game against Lamar. Lamar uh, is winless on the season. You would have looked maybe for Prairie View to get a non-conference win, second year in a row. But there's going to be a little challenge with those suspended players. Good from the standpoint it's not in the conference game, won't hurt you there. But overall, in terms of having a chance at the game, it'll be interesting to see what that does to them as they're on the road. And number seven, Alcorn State Braves are 3-3, 2-1, 39 points. They fall four spots. Tough road loss, but a lot of teams ahead of them just keep winning. So it dropped them quite a bit, uh, even though it was a close contest. First, at fourth down, call. If you call, <laughs> Some folks watching the game were not liking the spot, including Coach McNair. If you're mm. Southern Jack, you'd be like, man, that was the perfect <laughs> <laughs> At number six, had the Pirates four to one, two overall. We talked about the big win with the quarterback coming into the game and getting offensive player of the weekend in the Colonial, letting you know that they continue to roll, surprise a lot of folks that they found a way to get four wins. It'd be interesting. Can they stick, find a way to get two more somehow the rest of the season? They'll end up with a winning season overall, and that would be pretty significant. Uh, you ask anybody in the first year in the Colonial. But they're in the top ten in the rankings at this point, and they move up two spots. Let's get into the top five where it really gets good. At number five is none other than the Southern Jaguars. As they move up a spot, they just continue to win. Look, and make look state it, look it. Hmm. Four and three, three and one. As I said, they're itching to make that <laughs> matchup with Jackson State a top five matchup. They homecoming. They go to everybody's favorite homecoming, it seems, this year. Virginia Lynchburg, especially the MEAC. And I guess they said if MEAC can do it, Swag can do it, too, with Southern, so they're getting it done. 69 points. Again, they move up one spot. Top five matchup with Jackson State. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like in two weeks. Number four, Delaware State Hornets. This surprised some people, but they're just winning. Four and two, one and oh. Presses. Mm -hmm. uh, conference win as they got it done, 90 points. Uh, they move up a spot, and they're going to be interesting to see what they can do as they get in the conference play. I'm telling you, folks. Offensive, defensive line, this is a tough team, tough matchup. If you're in the mm -hmm. SWAT, you want to think about a team in terms of the toughness. Uh, you want to think about Valley, uh, but a team that maybe um, is a little more physical in terms of their ability to get wins, having more scholarship. Um, and it's one of those things, if you take the time, uh, as the coach had the time to build, maybe you can see what Valley can do over some period of time. Fascinating to see what that looks like. Getting this to number three. Florida a and rallies, 5-2, and 3-1, 91 points. They dropped a spot after a close win, but it was on the road against the icon program that everyone talks about. Grambling, they got back the Gs. Kudos for Grambling, doing things right, as the coach said, and were valiant in that loss. I know that doesn't go much for Grambling folks, but 
credit to FAMU in terms of being able to get them win. It's intriguing to me of how folks talk about you getting a win. I'm like, I don't think y'all understand. <laughs> the other team is trying to win too. Yeah, I know you all think y'all got superior talent, whatever. But, you know, people are putting game plans to try to win a game. And it's mm-hmm. tough to win on the road. So interesting there, but it is what it is. Bring us to number two. North Carolina Central Eagles, 5-1-1-0. They got the bright lights, and they showed out. And you know how you influence anytime you're on television, right? You're the long person watching the game. I mean, long game for everybody to watch. You show out. You tend mm-hmm. to get a little more kudos because you're the flavor. When everybody's watching, they move up two spots. North Carolina Central Eagles, 5-1-1-0, uh, to get back off the mat um, and open up conference play and make a statement. But they got a big one this week. Can they get the monkey off the back in terms of South Carolina State and Coach Buddy Pugh? It is just tough no matter what their season is going like. Um, and we'll see what that looks like for them. Bringing us to number one, Jackson State Tigers, 6-0. 4-0, and they just continue to roll 12 first for the folks. Jackson State is frustrating so many folks. People are just talking about how they winning games now. And, and, and it's fascinating to me in so many different ways, but they're number one. Until somebody gets it done, they're number one. I mm. do get excited about the matchup this weekend just because, it's again, I like the fact, not because they're playing the non-conference, Campbell, I, I'm not all that excited about them. They don't even have a winning record, but they are solid. But the fact that they're matched up against a couple of other key HBCUs, one in terms of the conference race, one they already play out of the MEAC, we talked about what that looks like, and now Jackson State. So just – that uniqueness is more of an interest to me, but it'd be fascinating. With that being said, let me go to you, Charles. Let me know your thoughts on the top 10 poll rankings of major division. Well, you know what? As you were talking about it, not only was that that, that little uh, controversial spot of the ball, if you will, with, with, with Southern and Alcorn, but fam, you and Grandma, that, 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 that that offensive pass interference there at the end, ooh, that was a little touchy. Uh, so I got the same thing with that fourth and one. Yeah, I'll make it real simple for you. If you're a fan, you person, you're like, great call, great call, exactly, exactly. what you do. You saw the push off, the new falls back, flag, the team. If you're ground, you'd be like, man, they were tussling. They do that all the time. You know, right. It depends on who you want to cheer for. That's all. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But uh, that should be a very interesting matchup with Southern slowly creeping up the polls there. They got Jackson State and FAMU back-to-back weekends. I think for me, this is another prove-it-to-me weekend with, with Delaware State. Uh, they proved it to me with, with, uh, with the uh, whooping the Norfolk State, but uh, they got Howard. So, uh, you know, we, we've seen Delaware State get some traction, and then there's that inexplicable loss, and then the wheels come off. So I'm still – Wanting to be sure that this is a true Delaware State that is solid on both sides of the ball, so I'm I'm uh, paying particular attention to that uh, game this weekend against Howard. But you know, I think no, I think you got the polls right this week. Southern Jacks, they got a couple top ten wins there over Alcorn and Prairie View and North Carolina A and T. They're quietly creeping back in the polls there. We'll see what they get done over there in conference play. And then I think the eyes of the world uh, will be uh, watching Jackson State and Campbell this weekend. Uh, Jackson State has a pretty big, big, big chip on their shoulder because they're hearing all this, oh, oh, y'all got Campbell. Y'all got Campbell. Relax. All right. <laughs> Chill out. All right. No 
Dakota State or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. But they're not even ranked in the top 25. But, hey, who am I? Maybe I'm wrong. I, we could be beating them. We'll just play it up. Hey, it's count. Hey, yeah, <laughs> we say let's get into this break. So, right, we can play it up too. Let's get into this uh, break and get into the Martian sport. We'll be right back on the other side, and we'll get into some of these mid-major games of the week. Um, not that intriguing based on what happened last week, so we'll get through that pretty fast, and then we'll spend some time on the major division. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvinboutique.com. That's www.m-e-l-v-e-t-b-o-u-t-i-q-u-e.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville and Professor Bishop getting into uh, the mid-major division games of the week. Let's get into it. This is a fascinating one to some degree. Langston, Oklahoma, they're back at home. Uh, W.E. Anderson Stadium, this is a 3 o'clock. Game Central Standard Time Saturday. Ottawa Firestorms are five and one, five and one in the conference. That's the Sooner Athletic Conference. At number four, Langston Lions, as you just heard, where they were ranked five and one, four and one. Langston took a tough loss last year, but it all started in a lot of ways with Ottawa last year on the road in Arizona, mm. uh, where um, the Firestorm had that vaunted comeback. Can they get a little payback this year and right the ship? Put themselves at least for a share of the top of the conference. It'll be fascinating and at least get a big win such they'll be in a playoff position in terms of their ranking in the NIA. So this is a big game. Uh, I'm calling it the classic game of the week because it's just so big and we don't have a classic game. But what are your thoughts on this matchup? Can Langston find a way to right the ship? Two teams that are playing really tremendous football at the NIA level. Yeah, I mean, but we've, we've yet to really kind of see Langston take uh, uh, tough losses on back-to-back weeks. Uh uh, they last week against Texas Wesleyan, they they uh, that thing uh, got off the tracks real quick in terms of uh, <laughs> early kickoff uh, ram run back for a touchdown, and it just never got right. Uh, Texas Wesleyan jumped out on them quick, and that game was over pretty pretty 
pretty quickly. But I think Langston will be up for the challenge playing at home. Uh, it's always good to have some home cooking coming off of, of coming off of a loss. So I look for Langston to get some payback from last year against Iowa. Good point. Good point. Let's go into this next one, which is the independent non-conference mid-major division game of the week. Bluefield State, Big Blue, as they brought back football, and they love these type of matchups and these games as they get into it, as you know. They're 3-2 and two on the season overall, obviously not in the conference. They're playing Allen, Yellow Jackets, 0-6, 0-5 on the season. Tough season for them as they transition to Division Two. Thought they would be a lot better than this, but they're taking it to the chin. Uh, Bluefield State has had a chance to really uh, do pretty well in regards to what it looks like in a lot of ways in terms of these types of matchups, if you would. Um, just talking about those kind of things, uh, getting into it. So give me your thoughts in terms of what that looks like as we bring Mike in here. He gets his thoughts as we talk about Lukeville State, Big Blue, that are 3-2 and two at Allen Yellow Jackets, 0-6, 0-5. They're playing in South Carolina. Blather Wood, interesting name at a rare school at high school uh, in terms of what that looks like in South Carolina where Allen plays this game. Uh, but, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Yeah, this is going to be tough for Allen. They haven't won a game thus far in the season. Bluefield State's playing some pretty good football. But uh, when you talk, talk about one of the bright spots for Allen is Michael Reese. Uh, and even last week, you talk about a quarterback who threw for over 300 yards, 26-37. Uh, he had uh, for 367 yards and three touchdowns. So he is that bright spot. But like you said, it's been a tough transition for Allen, uh, bumping up a level, if you will. But I, I expect for Bluefield State to get this W. Mm-hmm. Bluefield just finds a way to play those. SIEC programs pretty well. They do with the CIAA. They love these type of games. So I think you're right. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if they can get it done and continue to make that statement. Independent against the SIEC. Let's get into our break. We'll come back on the other side with the major division games of the week. By that time, we'll get Mike fully in, and then uh, we'll see what he thinks on some of these major games. Let's take our last break. Come back on the other side, and we'll get right into it. From novice to aficionado. Find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson.
This is Dr. Ville inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Fisher. Mike is on assignment, but he's found a way to jump in in this last segment. Good time. Division talk. We're going to get into what we're calling the classic major division game of the week. Yes, sir, classic, but it should be an intriguing game. Nashville, Tennessee, and Nissan State. See Saturday, October 22nd. As you know, 2 o'clock Central Time. You have Eastern Illinois Panthers are coming in to Tennessee State. Both teams are 2-4 and four overall. Eastern Illinois is 1-1 one one in the OVC race, and Tennessee State got their big road victory last week against Tennessee. So they're 1-0. and oh. It's another chance for Tennessee State to continue to show that they're going to be a contender in the OVC. Charles, starting with you, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I think Tennessee State has found that formula, and that formula is beating Jalen Rouse as much as they can. Another big week for him, uh, 20 carries, 126 yards. Uh, but they are able to control the clock, and that defense is stout enough to get that win, especially at home, and knock off uh, the, their opponent this, uh, this Saturday. So I'm looking for Tennessee State to get the win. I, I think they found a little formula. I got them over Eastern Illinois. Mike, what are your thoughts on this Tennessee State, Eastern Illinois? Well, well, Doc, uh, CB, I, I, I do agree with CB. I think, I think they found a, their mojo. I think uh, specifically on the defensive side, I think they uh, played well this weekend uh, against uh, Eastern Illinois, um, particularly on the offense, on the defensive line. So I, I look for Tennessee State to kind of get their third was it their third win of the year. So I think they yep. found their mojo. Let me stick with you, Mike, and we're gonna go to Moon Township, Pennsylvania. Big South matchup, number ten North Carolina A&T State Aggies, similar to Tennessee State, one and zero in the conference race in the Big South, three and three overall. They're at Morris, Robert Morris Colonials. Uh, 0-6, 0-2 on the season. Yeah, it's a road trip, but this is a team winless. And Aggies continue to march to show that they're going to be part of the top of the Big South. What are your thoughts in this matchup, Mike? I don't know. I, I think the Aggies get a win out of this one. I really do. I'm serious. Uh, they, I, you know, they, they've had they, – their season has been like a roller coaster, up and down. Defense, constant defense, not constant. Uh, I see them possibly getting a win this weekend. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let me go to you, Charles. A&T, number 10. You know, Jackson State gets a chance to kind of show them what they need to do with Campbell the following week, but they got to do it against Robert Moore first. What are your thoughts in terms of this Robert Moore? Well I, well, I had an opportunity to watch Campbell versus Robert Morris this past weekend and what happened. And, and eventually that 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 Campbell defensive line took over that game. So this has got to be a game where North Carolina NT's defensive line gets in, gets to the quarterback, gets their early stop to run, and, and turn Jermaine McDaniel loose. Huge game this past week, four sacks. Uh, he's got to have a huge game in this one. But I think A&T has more than enough talent to uh, take out Robert Morris. Stay with you, Charles. And we're going to go with one of the games people are talking about. We are going to break it down. That's Jackson, Mississippi. Veterans Memorial Stadium homecoming. SWAT. We got Campbell Campbells out of the Big South coming in at 4 and 2, 2 and 0. Oh. At number one, Jackson State Tigers, 6 and 0, oh, 4 and 0. Oh. In terms of Dr. Ville's rankings, it's on ESPN Plus at 2 o'clock. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup, Charles? I'd say it week in, week out. And Dennis Thurman, I trust. 
I expect for that Jackson State defense to do what they do uh, in terms of stopping the run. I think a lot of people question uh, what are they going to do. And this is going to be probably the biggest, most athletic, uh, physical offensive line that they'll see uh, this season with Campbell. But uh, the, the thing about Jackson State is they have tremendous depth. They're going to rotate uh, a lot of that defensive line in and out of the game. Uh, and then you finally get an opportunity to see Travis Hunter and what things that he can do uh, in terms of shutting down our side of the field. So uh, it's going to be a tough matchup trying to stop uh, uh, this this uh, vaunted uh, Campbell offense. They, they come in on a three-game win streak, and they've seemingly found a formula, especially with their quarterback and their defensive uh, linemen. And I had it written down here in front of me, and I don't have it with me right now, but I believe the young man's name is Brevin Allen on the defensive line. Uh, Jackson State has to be able to keep him off of Shador Sanders. But the key for Jackson State's offense, get the ball out of Shador's hands, find those guys underneath, and and continue to run the rock. They've been doing a tremendous job in terms of running the football this past season. They have three running backs, and I call them Androgynes because you don't they, – they all have the exact same skill set. They can run in between the tackles. They can bounce it outside, and they all catch the ball out of the backfield, and it makes for a very, very tough offense to stop. Charles broke it down. Mike, anything additional that you want to add to that matchup between the Campbells and Jackson State? I don't think I can add anything to that. Um, the only thing I would say is balance. Uh, if you look at Jackson State, the last two or three games, balance between the run and the pass, uh, you know, backs coming out of the field, backs uh, receiving the ball, uh, play a uh, run pass option. I, I think if they keep that balance and uh, that defense, uh, if that defense shows up, I think they have a good chance to be very competitive in this game. Um, yeah, Charles said in Dennis Thurman, we touched. And that defensive line, I trust. Can that defensive line make a statement uh, on the D line? You know, so uh, I think the balance, I think the efficiency, the balance of the offense we've seen with Jackson State in the last two or three games, RPO, you know, backs coming out of the field, backs, you know, getting handoffs. It kind of confuses the uh, defense. So I think if they can keep that balance, I think they have a good chance in this game. Yeah, big big players to watch for Campbell Hodge, Malik Williams. He's, he was coming into this game. He was the Big South Offensive Player of the of Week this past week. Uh, he threw for 249 yards against Robert Morris. And then Brevin Allen, that was a young man I mentioned earlier. He is the defending Big South uh, Defensive Player of the Year coming into this game. Had a huge game against Robert Morris. He had three sacks in that game. So you got to keep got to keep Shador upright in this game. Good points, good points. Uh, when you talk about that quarterback matchup, this one to watch as both guys are relatively young, so it's fascinating to see what that looks like. I would have my bets on Shadour. With that being said, let's go to my last matchup, major division. This is a MEAC bonus game of the week. Um, it's with those Delaware State Hornets that I tell you, keep your eyes on Washington, D.C. Uh, this is a homecoming, William H. Stud Green Stadium. MEAC match, 12 o'clock, high noon at, on ESPN Plus, number four, Delaware State Hornets, 4 and 2 one travel at Howard Bison, 1 and 5. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Stick with you, Mike, and then I'll go to Charles to kind of close it out. Shoot, I'm going with Delaware State. I'm tired of going with – I'm going against Delaware State. I'm going with Delaware State on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, they've, they've risen to the number two, number three offense in the MEAC. I'm going with Delaware State um, against Howard. 
So uh, that may be an upset in some, of these, in some eyes, but I'm going with, yeah, I'll stick with Delaware State. Uh, their defense has risen also as well. Yeah, some people just may not be paying a lot of attention to Delaware State, but they're ranked number four. Yes, yeah, how would they homecoming? And they have a lot of the method and the energy, but Hornets uh, playing some good football. So great points you're making there. Let me go to Charles and see what he thinks in terms of this matchup. Uh, it, it used to be a good thing to invite Delaware State for your homecoming, yeah, but not, too, not this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, this is a this is a solid football team. This is a team, and I think Mike Mike mentioned it when you're talking about balance on the offensive side of the ball and then a stingy defense. So uh, I think this is going to be a win for the Hornets. I said they had to prove it to me, and I expect for them to prove it to me again this week. Great points by both of y'all, and that'll do it for us today. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yadikaville, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed our breakdown of the mid-major games of the week. Uh, excuse me, major division games of the week. And we'll get into some of the conference games, SIEC, CIAA, MEAC, and SWAC for some more games of the week on Thursday with some top 10 matchups. We'll get into marching sport top 10, see what some of those head-to-head matchups look like this week. It'll be fascinating when you talk about that a little bit, Charles. It may be a slight upset on the number one seed. You know, you had Alcorn coming in there and, you know, sent that video where the referee had to go in the stands with UNLV. We'll talk a little bit about that in terms of Vance understanding when to play and when not to play in that you're not at a battle of bands during the game. There's a time and place for everything. You got the zero quarter, the fifth quarter, where you do the battle, and then you certainly have your showtime and halftime. But when you stand, yes, part of that playing is supposed to be about getting energy. You talked about, Charles. There were some problems in that Southern game with Alcorn. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that a little bit and see if it affects the folks uh, on one of those sides. So follow me, Dr. Yadikaville, uh, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab 1 on Facebook. Excuse me, Inside the HBCU Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Horse. Mike? Lecture. 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 Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Dismissed.